Boker Tov, Boker Tov. Today's uh, the twelfth day of the month of Shvat, and today we um, are continuing in chapter twenty of the Tanya. It's interesting how mostly the discussion around God relies on you know, is there a God? Right? You know, people discuss is there a God in in the Hasidic terminology. The question is, is there a world? You see the difference here. God, we know exists the world is in question and what turns out we say that really there is no world that the whole world the only true existence is Hashem the world is insignificant so insignificant as if it doesn't exist today's lesson consider the insignificance of one spoken word relative to the power of speech itself or thought and how much more so relative to the soul itself the world came to being through God's speech, a metaphor. Hence, it's comparative nothingness relative to God's being. Just like your one word compared to your ability to speak unlimited amount of words. Not really unlimited, but many, many, many words. And and compared to your ability to think, compared to your emotions and your intellect, the word is insignificant. So the whole world was created through God's speech, and therefore the whole world is nullified within God. What follows is a lengthy exposition of this concept which is carried out over into the next chapter. Here we go. For the coming into being of all the upper, of all the upper and lower worlds out of nothingness and their life and their existence. In other words, that force which sustains them so that they do not revert to nothingness and not as they were before they were created. For unlike a, the product of a human craftsman, which, if left undisturbed, will remain in exactly the same state and shape as it was when it left the hands of the craftsman, the continued existence of creation is dependent on the constant renewal of the creative power. With this power to seize, all of creation would revert to nothingness. This force, which animates and sustains the existence of all creation, is nothing other than the word of God and the breath of his mouth that is clothed in these worlds. Growing up was a silly joke that I used to hear, but you're allowed to say silly jokes once in a while. I like any kind. The foolish guy tells the other foolish guy, we're stuck on the second floor. Why don't I shine down my flashlight and you slide down the beam? She says, what happens if you turn off the flashlight in middle? So I say that because Hashem creates the world every single second. If he were to stop for a second and turned off the beam, the world would cease to exist. So the world not just needs God to create it once and then God leaves it on battery, but he, he needs to constantly be involved in creation. If for, one sec, if for one second God steps away, then we revert to being nothing. It's like that beam of light goes away as soon as the light goes off. It has to be a, there has to be a constant energy flow for that to happen. So I feel like it's kind of a metaphor. Or the other example is an airplane. It's only flying as long as it has, wings. has an engine and that wings. works and wings. 
But the second the engine goes back, it reverts to going back to its natural state, which is to be on the earth, on the gravity, to go down. So the world doesn't exist in its natural state. It only exists because God is propelling it up, propelling it not just to fly, in this case, propelling it to exist. The very existence of the world is dependent on God's energy every second. Okay? And that's God's speech. It's all a metaphor. God, in, the ten, in Genesis, God said, let there be light. God said, let there be heavens. These are all metaphors of God's speech, an energy giving life and vitality to all of the world every second. So the whole world is just a matter of God's speech. And that's, and that's, that's significant in explaining how insignificant the whole world is compared to Hashem. To illustrate from the soul of a human being, when a man utters a word, the single word is as absolutely nothing. Even when compared only to his articulate soul, in other words, the power of speech as a whole, which is the soul's the middle garment, in other words, organ of expression, namely its faculty of speech. The soul has three garments, thought, speech, and action, of which speech is the middle one, with action being lower than it, and thought higher. One word has no value even in comparison with this faculty. Why? Since this faculty, in other words, of speech, can produce an infinite number of words annexed to infinity, one word has no value whatever. In actual practice, there is a limit to the number of words one can speak. Physical mouth can only go a certain, probably only has a certain amount of lifespan of how much it can move. However, this is only because the physical organs involved in speech have a limited functional ability. The soul's capacity for speech is limitless. So compare one word to the limitless power of speech. Now we're going to go deeper. What about thought? Surely then, this world, this word, has no value, this word, when compared to the soul's innermost garment. In other words, that garment which is closest to the soul itself, namely its faculty of thought, which is the source of speech and its life force. Since thought is higher and closer to the soul than a speech, than a speech, this one word surely has no value in comparison with it. Page 110. It goes without saying that this word is as not when compared with the essence and entity as opposed to the garments of the soul. These being its ten attributes mentioned above. When we say mentioned above, we're talking about chapter three that talked about the ten attributes that a soul has. Three of them, in, them intellectual. Chachma, bina, and das, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, and seven of them, emo- seven of them emotional. Chachma, bina, das, and so on. In other words, the seven emotional attributes. Those are not garments. The garments of the soul are thought, speech, and action. The powers of the soul are the emotions and the intellect. From which are derived the letters of the thought that are clothed in one speech when it is uttered. Since all of man's thoughts are either or of an intellectual or emotional nature, they derive from soul's intellectual or emotional faculties when one speaks the letters of his thought 
descend to a lower level. The letters of his thought descend to a lower level. For thought too, like speech, consists of letters, except that the letters of thought are more spiritual and re- spiritual and refined. Thus, thought and speech share a common characteristic. As it will be explained, where does letters begin? Letters begin in thought. You think in language. And that's and then you just speak based on your thoughts. But there's something higher than law, thought, and that is your emotion. For example, if you're going to say words of love, it starts off with a feeling of emotion, of love. That, those feelings have no letters. Then you start thinking with letters, what I'm going to say, and then you say it. So the feeling of emotion is higher even than the letters of thought. Or intellect, you have an idea, there's the idea of, of understanding something, and then there's the letters through which you convey that to someone else, and that's when it goes from your intellect into your thought that leads to speech. So we're going to explain that essentially the whole world is considered naught because the world is created through God's speech, and compared to the infinite amount of words you could say, compared to the thought, which is letters also, compared to the emotion, which is higher than thought, and intellect higher than even emotion, the whole world is as if it's completely not a non-existence. So that's what basically we were saying, that the world is insignificant compared to God, and in Ein Old there's really nothing but Hashem, as we'll learn, continue in this chapter. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbat.